Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and I have with us today Adora Winquist. She is author and expert in the fields of plant and vibrational medicine, and she is a visionary in the nascent area of quantum alchemy, an evolutionary transformative path for self-mastery, which facilitates healing at the DNA level. She intertwines the divine knowledge and ancient wisdom of esoteric philosophy, psycho-spiritual dynamics, essential oil, and energy medicine through her 20-plus years as a facilitator, educator, formulator, and entrepreneur. A pioneer in the field of aromatherapy, Adora continues to be sought out for her unique nose and ability to formulate aromatic products for individual and corporate clients through her website, adorawinquist.com. She is the co-author of Detox, Nourish, Activate, Plant and Vibrational Medicine for Energy, Mood, and Love, a revolutionary guide to healing at the DNA level for self-mastery, which is available through the UK-based publisher Aeon Books. Welcome back, Adora. Thank you so much, Dr. Lara. It's so wonderful to be with you again. Yes, I'm excited. So today I we're, we're going to talk about deepening intimacy in our relationships. And I've had several requests um, about, you know, some relationship topics. So I thought this would be um, the perfect time. So can you tell us a little bit how and maybe like how your relationship coaching like sort of weaves into all the things that you do and, and sort of your approach mm-hmm. with it? Absolutely. Well, I would say that the the common thread of my work as a healer and teacher and entrepreneur over the past 25 years um, is the thread of love. And we all long to experience love in deeper ways, in more harmonious ways. Um, Love is the most potent force in the universe. And at the same time, it is uh, one that sometimes causes or how we experience some of the deepest pain in our life. And when I look back on my own journey in my early childhood dynamics and what I like to call my treasure map from when I was young, um, we, we start to look at how love was represented, how it was experienced in our lives. And um, in in my family, um, there was a, a kind of a, a disconnect between my parents and how they expressed love to each other in healthy ways. And they were, my father in particular, was very loving towards me. And yet my, my mother was a little bit more standoffish. Um, there were, I think, experiences in her relationship with my father that didn't necessarily go as well as she wished when I was born. 
And so when we start to look at this childhood treasure map of our early days, and we start to see how love was experienced, expressed, given, received, was it freely, right? Did it have conditions? Was it withdrawn? Uh, we start to see how those experiences imprint on ourselves. And then, of course, I took those experiences into my early adulthood and had a, a great deal of anger, of resentment, of a lot of things that happened in, in my home and how the constant state of bickering, arguing, the venom that can be passed back and forth to people in an environment is something that becomes not only palpable, but part of our own experience as we're developing. And so um, early on in my own journey of healing, it was these areas um, that I had to look at, right? That I had to bring my own love to. And we're all looking for that perfect love right? And all of us, um, every single one of us had experiences when, we're, when we were young, when it wasn't perfect. And we still carry those patterns with, uh, within us. So for me, looking at anger, looking at um, betrayal, looking at resentment, and how those early childhood patterns in my youth actually formed my own experience of love, how to give, how to receive, and actually how to close off, right? And when we talk about intimacy, we're really talking about that intimate connection with ourselves. And when we look at sacred relationship, especially with our partners, our husbands, our wives, our significant others, boyfriends, girlfriends, well, oftentimes we, we start to look outside of ourselves more and more and more, right? When we think of sacred relationship, we think about it with those partners. We think about it maybe with our children or even in business, but we forget that our primary sacred relationship is one with ourselves. And so that has really been the quest of my own healing journey. And of course, we know for those of us that are uh, working in these conscious ways of healing, transformation, personal development, and evolution, um, those things that we have brought individually into the life into this life to transform and heal once we reach a certain tipping point in our own healing journey well we start to get other individuals that come to us to bring healing to their lives as well right it's like coming to that deep realization that each and every one of us have a unique light and a gift to bring to the world to the greater good of all but first by healing ourselves. And so um, my, my journey has very much been one on love and self-love and bringing healing to parts of my own physical uh, well-being through endometriosis, right? Talk about love and love of the divine feminine and the sacred feminine and ways that we uh, look to bring healing first to ourselves. And, and that really was the gift of my early journey but it, it continues doesn't it yeah I, absolutely it's it's so interesting that i feel like sort of society especially like maybe like when we're younger and maybe we're more like the unconsciousness of our development <laughs> and our yes. journey um we maybe have this expectation that you know we're gonna meet someone and fall in love and then it's just gonna take care of itself mm -hmm. um, but then I think 
as we go through maybe different relationships, obviously more than one, uh, maybe we start to open up and realize, hey, you know, a relationship is not just a relationship of one, you know, it's, it's a, yes. it's a dynamic of, uh, you know, at least two people and, yes. and we all bring our stuff, right? <laughs> right. We are the common denominator of every relationship we're in. But, but yes, exactly. And so I do remember, um, after I had an ending to a long and significant relationship in my life, I've, finally, I don't know what made me come to this realization, but I was like, man, I really need to start owning my own side of the street, like what I brought to this relationship. Um, And then, you know, when I was ready to look towards that next one, being very conscious, or at least more conscious and aware as as much as I could at that point to wherever I was, you know, in the journey Mm -hmm. that, okay, you know, how am I going to show up? What, what am I going to bring? And what am I ready to let go? What am I ready to yes. not, not bring mm-hmm. forward? Because, you know, this person doesn't need that. And they're like, <laughs> like, I don't need it. And they don't need it. <laughs> well, it's so true. It's so true. And, and we all have this, right? So whether or not we are in a, a sacred relationship, right, with our one, um, or we're looking to call in that one, right, in sacred partnership, the journey has to start within and how do we change until we understand ourselves right so it's that adage know thyself it's coming into that level of understanding of why we act why we react in the way that we do what are our trigger points what is our love language what is our attachment style until we understand those parts of ourselves it's kind of like you know walking blind um into an enormous arena right on a quest but we can't see what's ahead of us because we don't know what's behind us and we don't know what's within us and when we start to say well what are these patterns that i keep experiencing in relationship over and over and over again that make me scratch my head to say hey this isn't what i want this doesn't feel good. I'm not being honored here. This feels like a betrayal. Where have I experienced betrayal in the past? Where have I learned to close myself off from the love that I so deeply desire? And where are the places within me? And this is one of the most insidious um, uh, emotions, distorted emotions in, in within ourselves and in relationship is disappointment because you know sometimes we can we can consider betrayal and say gosh you know i've had some really significant ones here either in relationship or in our patterning right that go back to our family and our you know mothers or our fathers um we can say well you know i was hurt in this way or i i deeply wanted this um and i didn't get it and i was disappointed and so each time we experience disappointment, even if it is smaller in regard, it begins to compound and compact. And then before we know it, we have the expectation of further disappointment and we don't know it, right? Because it's at the subconscious level. We're not aware of it. But we're always expecting the other shoe to drop or we're always expecting the other person to leave 
or to not be present, to not listen, to not see us. And and don't we all crave to be seen and heard and understood for who we are authentically? Right? We we all deeply desire that. Yeah. So first step is really the focus inward. And and I'll share a little story. Um, you know, about five years ago, I met my person, my soulmate. And and yet I had been married twice before and in numerous relationships. Um and and yet here was this person that I didn't expect at this time. And yet he had all of these attributes that I would write about, that I was calling in for years, right? That I was dreaming almost into existence or that's what it felt like. And yet um, it there was these moments of anxiety that would come up in the beginning. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I have a bit of a fear of heights and, and uh, I remember being on this roller coaster in New Jersey and I sat in the front and I felt so exhilarated going up to the top, right? Like, oh, this is amazing. I can totally do this. And just about when the roller coaster was going to make its way downward, I had a complete panic attack. You mean, I tried to like jostle the harness to see if I could get out, right? And, and this is what happens with intimacy when we are afraid when we've been hurt in the past because the past leaves imprints right and and, and you know it, it was a dance in the beginning and eventually i would i would cry through these moments that seem like why am i upset this is so joyful but i felt like my heart was being opened with a crowbar it was physically painful right and and why well, love was coming to places within me where it hadn't been before. Mm -hmm. And intimacy is like that because we don't know what we don't know. So it's almost like we have to allow ourselves to process the pain and the hurt from previous, even if we've, you know, shoved it down for many years. And like you said, childhood experiences as well. Um, in order to sort of crack open, to break open yes. and allow that love to pour through us. And so that we can uh, get to that point of giving and receiving equally in love. Exactly. And I love what you said about breaking open because it's like that, right? The places where we have learned and trained ourselves to close because we're afraid of getting hurt again. Even though we might not be consciously aware of that, well, the truth is 95% or more of our decisions come from our subconscious mind, right? The subconscious has recorded every experience we've ever had, not from a place of judgment, but from a place of truth. So every time we've been hurt because we've opened right? And we've lost love or we've lost loved ones or we've been betrayed. That pain that we carry until we can open up to release it, we're still closed. And, and some of the practices that we look at in this journey of transformation, in this journey of opening to receive, to cultivate, create the love that we deeply desire, um, there are steps to this that involve letting go. There are steps that involve 
the uh, powerful sacred practice of forgiveness, right? Because until we can forgive, and, and there's this wonderful quote by uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And of course, I'm paraphrasing here, but if we if we cannot forgive, if we're devoid of the ability to forgive, then we can't fully open to love. And so this is so important because then we start to say, well, forgive. Well, what does that mean? Right? Is it is it easy for me to forgive? Or sometimes we don't even think of forgiveness, but what we do start to cultivate our feelings of judgment, of anger, of resentment, of criticism, of withdrawal. Right. And we know that those do not serve us, right? Because that doesn't feel good in the body, in the mind, in the heart. So when we think of forgiveness, we we also have to acknowledge like we can't coerce it we can't force it we can't manipulate it and the truth is it's really not about the other person because the true forgiveness that we crave is the forgiveness of ourselves for all of the places where we've held self-judgment um unrealistic expectations where we feel like we've failed in life and love right all of these these places that we hold ourselves up um to something that wasn't possible mm -hmm. it's it's like an allowing like we it's almost like we have to get to a place within ourselves that we're able to allow allow yeah. ourselves to let go allow ourselves to open up allow yeah. ourselves to even like give ourselves permission to see it in a different perspective in a different light yeah yeah uh, you know i think uh, there's a um, breath code, uh, love code breath technique that I created, calling it breath work for the modern alchemist, because I think that we need practices that are simple, um, accessible, that we can start to do anytime, any place. Because when we feel like, oh gosh, I got to do a meditation tonight, it's a half hour every day or 20 minutes, like that seems overwhelming. And what is, you know, human nature, when we get overwhelmed, what do we do? shut down <laughs> nothing yeah nothing <laughs> run away nothing. shut down, run away, yeah. shut down. <laughs> right and so what does it take to live a life um that is full that is free right when we start to look at some of these practices like the um the, and I'll, I'll share this with you because i think it's really powerful for all of your listeners to feel a sense of empowerment of their own well-being of their own experience of love within themselves and their outer relationships because there is something really potent that happens when we set ourselves free right and we're the only ones that can do that mm -hmm. it's not like asking someone else please forgive me Right. And it's also not like you hurt me. Well, I have to forgive you to set myself free. Now I have to forgive myself for for all of the, the places where I've held myself up to something that is impossible. And the, the truth is that, you know, ultimately, um, even when we think about betrayal, right, and we've all experienced it in some capacity. You know, I have a whole litany of a story that I can go back to and, you know, starting with my mother. And then so many females in my life, right? And the sisterhood wound, that's a whole other topic of mm -hmm. conversation. We could dive deeply within that. But the truth is that if we're really honest with ourselves, no one has betrayed me more than I have myself. Mm -hmm. 
And any time that we're not honoring our cells, our light, our bodies, our mind, our hearts, our souls, our worth, our value, right? Think of all of the energy that's held in um, challenges with self-worth, self-esteem, right? Seeing, feeling, allowing our true value and worth to shine. Um, there's a piece of this, this that we all carry from the human perspective. So um, again, coming back to what is, a, what is a way that we can in this moment, and I'm sure that this is something that we could practice together, because I don't know about you, but in this moment, I can think of something right now that I want to release and mm -hmm. forgive and bless to be able to transform. Because when we carry the pain of the past, what happens? It's heavy, right? And not only is it heavy and it doesn't feel good, um, it distorts what we are creating in this moment and in our future. So do you want to do the practice? Yeah, I want to go for yeah. it. Okay. Okay, great. Now, of course, one of the caveats I will always say um, as an aromatherapist and someone who has not only worked um, with essential oils and created formulas that have sold hundreds of thousands of um, bottles around the world and had the gift to be able to work with so many individuals in this capacity to transform our emotion, that if you incorporate a pure essential oil in this practice, you will further potentize it. And you will not only potentize it, but you will support the shift of your feeling in the moment. You will support the shift of your emotional reactions in future moments because you can repattern your neural pathways in this regard. You can also access the subconscious, right? We know the subconscious mind is both our lock and the master key to open up to higher levels of conscious awareness. So I'll always say add a drop of your favorite essential oil to the palm of your hand and take a deep breath in before you do this. But it's going to be three simple steps, release, forgiveness, and gratitude. So the, the first one is acknowledging that there's something inside of you. There's something in your mind, your heart, your soul, your body that doesn't feel good. And you want to let go of it, right? So when we're holding on to something like this really tight um, in our awareness or in our day-to-day, -day, like there's, a, there's a, good, uh, a good reminder that there is something to be transformed. So it is a breath in, an inhalation, right, which holds the energy of expansion. So... Once you have that in your mind, take a deep breath in and on your exhalation, you're going to invite in the intention to let go, let go of whatever it is that no longer serves the truth of who you are. And in that letting go, it's a great like breath, right? It's just like that incredible release, that incredible relief, right? And this is how we open to greater intimacy in our relationships by letting go of the things of the past that no longer serve us. Now, you might feel like, okay, I did that one breath. I haven't fully let go of it. Well, that's okay, right? The release breath can be a few, few breaths. Like I'm just another one in and just letting go until you feel that release in your musculature, right? In your mind, you can let it dissolve. And your emotions, you can just let it dissipate and then when you feel and it, it is that like 
kind of letting down of the energy, letting the energy relax in your body, letting your muscles soften. And then the next breath is that breath of forgiveness, right? And bringing that forgiveness to ourselves because forgiveness paves the way for our liberation. It sets us free. It also allows us to receive grace, right? And just the the word grace, like when we say that, right, it's like a healing bomb for our soul. It brings solace. It brings reconciliation. It brings comfort. So let's take in that forgiveness breath and just letting the energy of forgiveness bathe you and bless you with grace. Now, the great thing about this is the more that you do it, the faster it works. And the more you're creating that automatic response, right? And those, these skills, these tools of empowerment. So just that forgiveness. And then when you're ready, when you feel like, wow, it's like a wave of easefulness through my body, well, then take a breath of gratitude. Gratitude, we know, has, is one of the highest frequencies of co-creation in our lives we know that consistent cultivation of gratitude day to day has so many beneficial effects on our brain right releasing dopamine serotonin increasing our positive outlook right it brings us into a place of attraction with more experiences to be grateful for so it is also an energy of expansion so that breath of gratitude, just I'm so grateful for my own courage and commitment to transform, to change, and to create a different experience of love, of intimacy, of life than I've had in the past, than my ancestors have had in their past, right? And that many of us collectively have had in our past. There is a new way. How does that feel? It feels wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, so simple, but so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we bring this back to intimacy, right? What is intimacy? Intimacy is into me, I see. And even coming back to that conversation about my own sacred relationship, the one thing I realized in those early days of cracking open, breaking open, was that I was shocked because I thought I was so open before. And I thought it was all of these other individuals that I was in relationship with that weren't emotionally available, that were so dysfunctional, right? And yet it was my own places of brokenness that I was connecting with so I could come into a deeper awareness and understanding of myself to heal, to grow. So I've had this question asked of me before, so I'll ask it of you as well. When people are, you know, they say they're in this cycle, I keep attracting the same type of person no matter what I do, or the same situation yeah. always ends up, you know, even if it's a different person. Um, obviously, we're the common denominator. How do we start to allow ourselves to, is it that process that you just you know, brought mm. to us? Or how do we maybe sort of like make that leap to realize, mm. you know, 
what we need to shift to break that pattern. You know, some people will say, oh, well, you have a karmic lesson you need to learn. And that's why it keeps coming up. But is mm -hmm. that really true? I don't know. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. So this is what I believe, that um, if we look at the pattern that we are currently experiencing, all, everything is, is held within this moment, right? All potential is held within this moment. And if we start to say, okay, here's this pattern, keep showing up again and again and again. Why is that? I don't want this. Well, we want to follow the threads of that pattern back to our early childhood dynamics, to that treasure map, and look at where those patterns are rooted. We don't have to go back into eight lifetimes ago or even go into the conversation of the karma because everything is held within this life our whole map, our whole blueprint for healing and transformation to come into a deeper understanding of our soul's path and purpose, right? And so the pattern is held somewhere within your treasure map. The pattern is held somewhere within either the mother or father in, or in how they related to each other because um, everything that has been held within your patterning right now has also been held through your ancestral lineage. And so that is how we evolve, right? We evolve by coming in and transforming and transmuting that the, these patterns that have been carried and repeated again and again and again and again. So, so one of the things I like to say is that we're, we're really coming into this deep awareness of transformation from our soul to ourselves. Because even the patterning, even though we feel it from an emotional perspective, it's all viscerally held in the cellular consciousness. Mm -hmm. So until we can go back and look at the pattern and how it was held within our family of origin and feel that pain that's locked inside of us, right? The feeling the pain and not getting stuck in the pain, but going back to feel it allows us to unlock it and understand it and bring our awareness to that expanded place, right? That increases our compassion for ourselves um, and each other, right? And because we can't, we can't do better until we know better. We can't know until we go back and really start to look at where that pattern is rooted and connected. And it's always going to come back to your family of origin, into your treasurehood, um, your treasure map of your mm -hmm. childhood. Right. And it's kind of the rub, but it's also the blessing. Yeah. Because the yeah. map is there when you're ready to look. Yeah. And again, uh, creating a safe space where you can allow yourself to feel that pain and 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 process through the whole cycle. Um, I think that's so powerful. And so many of us, uh, you know, shy away or completely avoid or run from it, honestly. Yeah. Um, but once we've allowed ourselves to do that, then I feel like we're able to also start to see things from a bird's eye view, from the global perspective. And, yes. and like you said, bring that compassion to the other people that were involved in the dynamic. And, and instead of looking at it from sort of inside the fishbowl, you're able to be the observer. Yeah. And, and that really, I think, also helps us be able to forgive ourselves and and the other you know um people involved a little bit easier 
Well, it, it does because once we're able to come to a place of our own inner healing and transformation and to be able to step outside of the pattern to look in, then we see it from a completely different perspective of like, oh, wow, look at how their own past, look at how my mother, my father's own childhood um, formed the individual that they were, right? I can really see how they did the best that they could at that point. I couldn't mm -hmm. see that before. I was too much in it. And you know, I had a I had a um an individual experience in my own life and because there was tremendous dysfunction in my family of origin in my childhood and where I had a lot of judgment towards my mother for staying in a relationship that wasn't honoring her even though I had a tremendous closeness with my father, right? Because remember, we have these, we don't see things from just one perspective and we don't feel things just from one perspective. There are many different ways that we look at um, our early childhood patterning based on our age, our development, and where we've created alliances with one parent over another. Well, that, that um, distorted energy that I felt towards my mother and was also projected back to me. So I don't want to just discount that to say it was a based only on perception. Many of us have experiences that are deeply painful and wounding. Um, but it wasn't until I was in my own relationship and had a similar pattern of that dysfunction, distortion, that I said, oh my gosh, now, now I understand right i have compassion for her for the first time but it took me over uh 38 years to get to that point yeah because i couldn't see it before right um and i you know i think that's also just part of our journey and our evolution yeah. and and our path and again just being gentle with ourselves and instead of saying well oh why didn't i see this from the very beginning just be like well you know I went through this journey and now I have the opportunity to look back yeah. and forgive and learn and move forward. And I also have the option to make different choices going forward. I think we also sometimes forget that, that just because we've had even a pattern in the past, maybe in relationships, that doesn't mean that the next one has to be the same. All exactly. we have to do is say, I can choose differently and give ourselves permission to do that. Yes. And when we can invite that love in and forgiveness into places within us that it hasn't been before, it transforms everything and opens that new possibility, that new elevated experience of relationship, harmony, intimacy passion right not just the passion that is the the dopamine rush in the beginning but when the passion and intimacy and commitment and connection can continue to deepen in time right building unity for longevity what a gift that is to know that that is possible when we are committed to the transformation right to the journey of change mm-hmm and even, you know, being at a, in a place too, where you're comfortable sharing these things about yourself with your partner, yes. and saying, you know, like, sorry, you know, I was just triggered and maybe giving them a little background so that they understand you at a deeper level also, 
Um, again, yeah. it's a two-way street and sometimes we probably trigger our partners just as much as they trigger us. And being yes. open with those lines of communication, I think helps create a deeper understanding and compassion. It's so true. And and this is where, you know, coming back to talking about love languages, right? Those five primary love languages that were identified by Dr. Gary Chapman and knowing not only your own love languages, right? How you uh, feel that your emotional needs are met, but also how your partner feels that because we, we tend to think, well, just because I'm this way, I like words of appreciation or affirmation well then my partner must too but perhaps their primary love language is that physical touch right which doesn't always have to be sensual in nature it could be that simple like i'm going to make sure i kiss you or uh, touch you before i leave the house for the day or that little back rub at the end of the evening when your partners had a very long day. So it's really understanding ourselves, understanding our partner, looking into our attachment styles, which of course are based on our early childhood dynamics and to know ourselves before we open ourselves to know and understand our partners. Mm -hmm. I have another question for you um, that has come up through, you know, different um, you know, coaching situations and, and it's something that, um, I always think is sometimes tricky for people it, when we have closed ourselves off with the thought or intention that we're creating healthy boundaries that I, I'm using air quotes, healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. So I would love your perspective on the sort of maybe the line or the difference between being closed off and having mm. a healthy boundary with a mm. partner in a relationship. Yeah, this is such an important um, conversation to have because we look at some schools of thought well, where we say, well, I have healthy boundaries. So um, I'm really clear that I can take care of myself and I don't need you, right? I wanna be with you, but I don't need you. And at the same time, if we look at the brain and our biochemical response, when we are in relationship, we're, we're actually biochemically wired to bond deeply with one another. So, so it's really a misnomer to say, well, you know, I'll just keep you out here because of my great boundary. Because in relationship, when we bond deeply with another, we regulate each other's hormones, right? Blood pressure, like all of these um, biochemical responses that are outside of what we think is of emotional bonding. Mm -hmm. And so we really need to be clear, well, am I saying I'm holding this boundary because I'm afraid of opening and becoming vulnerable to the depths that I actually really want? right? It's safer to keep you out here. Now, of course, we know boundaries are important, right? To be able to honor ourselves, to not have codependency in our relationship, right? I'm not responsible for your happiness, right? Nor are you responsible for mine. We're two individuals that are seeking first within ourselves. When we can find that place of love within through self-care, self-honoring, self-love, where 
we fill our cup first, well, then it's a very different level of engagement when we come to relationship with another. And we are able to open in a very deep way for that intimacy that um, that involves true intimacy involves emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And there's no way around that, especially because we've all been hurt before. So having those conversations that can be uncomfortable, like I get triggered when you do this. And it's not because of you, it's because of my past. But how can we come together and and be open in our communication and find a new place of meaningful connection that has authenticity, uh, honor, um, and the the depth of what's possible when two human souls come together? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think also, like you said, just being honest with ourselves that what our souls are truly seeking is that deep intimacy and and just being okay with that and then you know like you said like being i think vulnerable and to a level transparent um, yes about what the stuff that we're bringing with us that, that yeah. you know, that maybe we haven't let go yet. Um, and that maybe, you know, whatever this, the relationship dynamic is, will allow, you know, each person to maybe let another layer go. Yes. Um, and that's so true. And, you know, it's one of the things like in, in preparation, I have two upcoming retreats in the Santa Monica mountains uh, in May one on sacred relationship for couples and one on those that are looking to manifest their soulmate. And it's been such a, a rich time of exploration and to, to see how many people are either looking to find their soulmate, but maybe don't believe that it's possible. Um, and the ones that are in relationship that have still been carrying the pain of the past that that want to go deeper to up level their relationship. Well, I'm glad you brought up your retreats. Uh, do you want to tell us about them a little bit? Sure. More, a little bit deeper? Yeah, I'd love to. So on May 6th um, in the Santa Monica mountains in this beautiful private home, we have the sacred relationship couples retreat. And, you know, it's uh, jokingly having this conversation that it's, it's not a couples therapy, right? It's a, it's a couples up leveling program, right? For you to come into the places and build that unity for longevity, right? And what it takes to uh, not just maintain, not just live, but really thrive, really deepen that connection, that commitment, that passion and that intimacy that is so possible when we are connected um, with our other, right, with our person. And so we'll be exploring some of these aspects of love language and uh, attachment styles and soul psychology and really giving the tools for deepening conscious communication, which is not just speaking, right? It's listening too. Mm-hmm. And how we can um, move through some of the areas where we end up coasting in our relationship or get ahead of those challenges that do happen, right? After the the five-year mark, the 10-year mark, right? How do we build and deepen 
um, from that perspective. And so I'm going to be sharing um, a technique that I have called Eros Touch with, of course, an Eros Passion Love Formula of Aphrodisiac Essential Oils and how we can cultivate these practices in a very accessible way of deepening that intimacy and opening to uh, greater levels of that passionate connection to renew and revitalize, reinvigorate um, our love. And then, of course, you know, we, we're planning that. And then um, someone said to me, Adora, what about for me? Like, I'm really ready to um, find my soulmate. And so the next day on May 7th is manifesting your soul soulmate, mapping your way to the one, which is, you know, a process that is actually actionable, right? Actually creating that map and then using alchemy and vibration and frequency to, uh, to bless that and potentize that with actionable steps to take every day where you actually are receiving your person, right? That there is a pro an alchemical process that happens. And of course, first we know it starts with the journey inward. Right. To be able to say, OK, this is a pattern that I've had in these relationships and I know it's not serving me. I am ready to transform and transmute, to let it go and open it up, to rewrite, to write a new story of love, to write a, um, a beautiful new story of what it means to have that harmonious um, depth of emotional connection and the ability to go out there and live your most abundant, loving, harmonious life because it is possible. And the truth is that, you know, your journey in life is meant to be filled with joy. Yeah, you can I have it all. Yes. Wonderful. Sounds so beautiful. And can people find those on your website, adorawinquist.com? Yes, um, they're right there. If you go to the retreat section at adorawinquist.com or of course the soulinstitute.co. Um, and there's wonderful information. If you have questions, you can book a free discovery call with me or my co-facilitator, Sean Christian, who's a wonderful creative mindset coach. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think is most unique about these two programs is that we bring a unified perspective, a unified approach of the masculine and the feminine, because we need both. We have both within us. Mm -hmm. And to balance those within us is how we create greater harmony, right, in the relationships outside of us. Fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to bring forward before we finish up today? Well, I just want to thank you for this wonderful opportunity to share and have this deep dive. I love what you're bringing forward in the world. Um, I would say that please visit um, the website for our blog, our Alchemy Library, our YouTube channel. We have so many free, wonderful resources to curate uh, your path of self-mastery, of deepening love, of intimacy, of transformation, of growth, and, and really um, becoming a part of our vision. My vision for the Institute is to activate over 25 million individuals to embody their soul purpose and thrive in all facets of life. And, and we are evolving consciousness with the frequency of love. And so please join us. We welcome you. Yes, yes. I definitely encourage you. I am, I completely agree. So um, again, thank you, Adora. It's been a pleasure. And um, I look forward to our next conversation. Me too, Dr. Laura. Thanks so much. Blessings. Thank you.